What you are about to hear are accounts of real pro wrestling events. Some names, mostly ours, have been changed to protect the innocent. Welcome to Snap Judgments. Welcome to Raw and Order Snap Judgment AEW Edition. Uh, I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and we are going to go through a recap of what happened on AEW Dark yesterday, and then what happened, just happened on AEW Dynamite tonight. I'm going to give you a little bit of an idea what I thought about it. Um, so without further ado, we're going to start off by looking at AEW Dark yesterday. Not a ton of matches on AEW Dark as usual, but still some important things to kind of think about. Uh, it started off with Jack Evans and Angelico, uh, Team Hybrid 2, or The Hybrid 2, I can't remember what they exactly call themselves, uh, beating Brandon Cutler and Michael Naka, 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 Nakazawa. Um, good match. Uh, all in all, it was kind of what you expect. Uh, high flyer Jack Evans and Angelico, uh, Brandon Cutler uh, went in and did some some great stuff at one point, uh, but ended up uh, losing again. So uh, then you had Penelope Ford versus Riho. Um, Penelope Ford looking to get back on on the winning path uh, and beat the former AEW Women's Champion, and she successfully did. Uh, it's nice to see them using Penelope Ford a little bit more right now, so that's nice. Um, you had Colt Cabana come out and beat Peter Avalon with Leva Bates. A uh, really great little moment in there where they tease a little maybe romantic connection between Peter Avalon and Leva, um, which, if I am correct, outside of the ring, they actually are dating in real life, so um, worth at least thinking of there. And then you had Christopher Daniels uh, taking on Stu Grayson of the Dark Order and successfully beating him uh, so for a kind of comeuppance for uh, SCU uh, beating the Dark Order in that way. Um, of course, playing into the major event for tonight, which was uh, the announced debut and announcement of the leader of the Dark Order, the Exalted One. So... All in all, a pretty decent show. I mean, it, it did, didn't take too long. Uh, AW Darks have hovered around that 40-minute total a lot recently, and I, I I gotta be honest, I don't hate it. So uh, it's a great little uh, thing to, to watch on a Tuesday night when there's really nothing else to watch. So uh, moving on to tonight's uh, main event, uh, for lack of a better term, we have AW Dark. AW <clears throat> Dark, of course, is uh, the main flagship show for AEW, and this was going to be um, originally a really big show, and with the whole coronavirus thing, it got moved to the Jacksonville Practice Facility, I think is what it is, technically, um, and, and no crowd in attendance, so a lot like what WWE's been contending with on their show, but it was interesting to see how AEW handled it a little differently. Uh, first of all, um, uh, unlike what my worry was or my crime against WWE on uh, their shows, uh, everyone who's spoken to a microphone looked straight into the camera because there's no reason to look out in the crowd. So they looked straight at the camera. Uh, started off with uh, 
uh, uh, Cody Rhodes in the ring, kind of talking about how um, they need to unite together if they're going to beat uh, the the uh, inner circle. Um, how human beings need to stand together. It was really well set up because it was just him in the ring. The rest of the arena was dark and a spotlight on him. Uh, he ended up calling out Matt Jackson, calling out Kenny Omega, and then they all called out uh, Hangman Page uh, to kind of say, are you with us? You're, you're a member of the elite, whether you want to be or not, but we need to know you have our backs. Um, and so a great little moment there. Uh, we're asking you, will you stand with us, said Matt Jackson. And he raised his glass and nodded. Uh, of course, his glass filled with, I'm assuming it was supposed to be whiskey because it wasn't a beer stein or anything like that. So, uh, And then Kenny looked into the camera and said, everybody needs some positivity, so all we can give you is the best possible show. Hit the lights, hit the pyro, and let's start dynamite. And like he said, lights came up, pyro, boom, 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 TV monitors and jumbotrons and everything came on. Um, and uh, it didn't take us long to get into the first match, uh, which was the Lucha Brothers, uh, Pentagon and Phoenix versus best friends Chuck Taylor and Trent with Orange Cassidy, of course, coming with him. It was kind of a, uh, a nice thing. Orange Cassidy went straight over to the announce booth and put on a headset and then proceeded to, I, I don't remember if he actually said a single word. Um, so just kind of sit there for it. Um, before the match, though, uh, Tony Schiavone interviewed MJF. MJF was basically saying that I, I don't need to compete in this. Let's let the the uh, undercard compete today. And so a great little dig at everything. And then him and Sean Spears and some other people proceeded to sit in the audience and uh, make bets on the uh, the matches. So so kind of a nice little. Uh, twist on on the empty arena was great there. You, of course, also had Lance Archer and Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, Wardlow out there with MJF, and then Tully Blanchard with Sean Spears watching from ringside. On the other side of the ring, though, you had Colt Cabana, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, Jody Janela, and Sonny Kiss uh, out there rooting for the best friends. Um, Brandy Rhodes was the ring announcer uh, for tonight uh, on... I think it was on AEW Dark. They had a segment. No, it was on. It was on um, being the elite. I think or Road Two. One of those. One of the YouTube shows uh, where uh, Tony Schiavone uh, came to Brandy and and informed her that Justin Roberts wasn't going to be able to be there, um, and so she was going to have to be the ring announcer. Which of course goes back to her being ring announcer in NXT and vowing to never do that again, which was actually on the uh, title card when they announced her. I thought it was really cool. But so Brandy Rhodes announces it. Um, uh, at one point, of course, uh, Orange Cassidy gets involved uh, because they're setting up that whole feud with the uh, uh, Triangle of Death. There are too many shapes. I agree with Trent. Too many shapes. Inner Circle, Triangle of Death, you know, we just need to get less shapes. So, um, in the end, uh, Lucha Brothers did pin Trent. Um, but afterwards, Tony Schiavone interviewed the best friends. And uh, they called them chumps. And and said, next, uh, next week, we want to meet you in the streets or a parking lot uh, for a street fight or a parking lot brawl or something. So, moving on, you had a fatal four-way with Hikaru Shida. 
Riho, Chris Statlander, and Penelope Ford again. Uh, Kip Sabian, of course, accompanying Penelope Ford to the ring. Uh, Sheeta had brand new ring attire, looked pretty nice, although I'm... I'm kind of partial to her old stuff, so... But we'll see if this grows on me. Uh, she she went on Twitter afterwards and said she wanted to bring a little happiness to some people and debut it even though it was a empty arena, so... Um, but, so, a great match over and all, and uh, Sheeta ended up with her running knee and getting the, the victory. Um, she even used a falcon arrow on Penelope Ford at one point, so... Um, kind of a great little thing there, and uh, Sheeta continues to cement herself as the number one contender. Um, Tony Schiavone then interviewed Colt Cabana, um, and Colt noted that Penelope Ford would be much better off without Kip Sabian, and then Kip Sabian came and got into his face, and, and I'm assuming they're setting up a Kip Sabian versus Colt Cabana, which I also don't hate, so... Um, one of the interesting things, even my wife noticed this, it had such a different feel, the, this empty arena versus WWE's take on an empty arena. Um, uh, the lighting was different. It wasn't like, uh, WWE has the whole, uh, audience dark and then the lasers all around and all this stuff. Uh, and AEW had more light on the empty crowd. I mean, just acknowledging that there's an empty crowd, uh, empty arena there for them to, to deal with. Um, but even even just in the ring, the empty arena matches that WWE's put on have just felt so quiet and clinical. And AEW, I mean, these people were jawjacking each other back and forth. You could hear them. Uh, throughout it all they obviously sounded in all of the matches like they were in character the whole time and and working it hard and it just felt more energetic and alive even though there wasn't a crowd I'm very very impressed with how well they did uh, on that but um but so moving on we had Jurassic Express versus the butcher and the blade um, hard-hitting match back and forth, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy representing the Jurassic Express. Um, they fought really, really hard at it. Uh, in the end, Luchasaurus was able to pin the Butcher to get the win. Um, afterwards, the Dark Order walked down to the ring and, uh, did a whole long spiel about how the Exalted One is coming, you know, uh, be prepared together, we are one. Then uh, Christopher Daniels came down and yelled at him to stop, saying uh, these lies, there is no exalted one, uh, it's just you two. And then a video package started playing of a hooded figure uh, talking about how he's he's here, he's the exalted one and everything, and... Uh, in the end, uh, he pulls down the hood and reveals uh, that it is Brody Lee. Uh, he even says, Christopher Daniels, you are not the first old man to not believe in me, but you will be the last. My name is Brody Lee, and I am the Exalted One. So um, all the rumors of Matt Hardy being the Exalted One uh, turned out to be false. Um we on WBU have uh, recently been predicting it would be Brody Lee. It definitely fits better, and so I'm excited. Um, I'm excited for them to give him a, a character where he can speak, and he's not just big dumb man with, you know, hammer. 
Brr, bludgeon brother. Brr. Um, he's got charisma and he's got skill, so I'm excited to see what they'll do with him. Um, Brody Lee then uh, hit the ring and kicked Trish for Daniels and and beat him up and yay, exalted one. Um, then you uh, had an interview with Lance Archer uh, that then cuts to a uh, video package uh, of at the Lance Archer compound. Uh, he had a ring in there and a whole bunch of people around it and a, uh, a little person announcing and who wants to challenge him. And then he just beat up everybody and ended up even uh, choke slamming someone onto a uh, beat up old car, uh, all that stuff. And, you know, basically said, uh, said, Cody, it's time for you to stand up and meet the man. We came here for a specific reason and it has become personal. So... And then we finally get to the main event of the night, Inner Circle, represented by Jake Hager, Santana and Ortiz, uh, and Sammy Guevara there accompanying them, versus The Elite, represented by Cody, uh, with Arn Anderson with him, Matt Jackson, and Hangman Adam Page with Kenny Omega out there. Of course, Kenny Omega with the broken uh, arm not allowed to wrestle right now, broken wrist, I guess, technically. Um, the winning team would earn an advantage at Blood and Guts. Uh, and Chris Jericho uh, came to um, the broadcast booth and was on uh, broadcast for it on commentary and did, you know, not that it should be any surprise, but did a phenomenal job. And he did something that I think all the best heels do, and that is build up the opponents by giving them all sorts of compliments to make them feel bigger before then trying to tear them down. You know, so he would talk about how, hey, I've got my problems with Cody, but there's uh, no doubt in his athletic ability and all of that. So, I mean, just a great way to do it. So many heels focus on the tearing people down, but he understands that part of being a heel is to build the faces up, too. So, um, but it went back and forth, you know, teasing some some potential... Um, uh, problems between the elite here and there, like like they would expect. Um, uh, Hager, you know, dominating Cody for a while. Uh, Cody hit the crossroads on Ortiz. Uh, Hangman kind of came in back in the ring. You know, Page and Jackson suplexed Hager. Um, it it went back and forth, uh, but in the end, the inner circle won the match and won the advantage for blood and guts. Chris Jericho then got on the mic and said that um, from now on, uh, he is declaring that all events will take place in an in, uh, empty arena until he decides otherwise. So a great little little digs, like he's the one in charge of the empty arena, not the CDC and all of that stuff. Um, and then he talked about how at Blood and Guts, you know, there's five of us, but there's only four of you. So we're going to have you outnumbered. And, you know, with Nick Jackson out indefinitely, we're, we're going to definitely take you out. Then all of a sudden you heard a loud buzzing. And uh, you, you look up and there's a white drone flying in the middle of the air. And anyone who has watched any of the... Uh, uh, Broken Matt Hardy segments on uh, going back to Impact Wrestling um, or his his Free the Delete recently, you recognize it immediately as Vanguard One. Um, and the drone came down, landed in the center of the ring, um, 
and uh, Nick Jackson, excuse me, Matt Jackson, Nick's the one that's injured. Matt Jackson grabbed the the uh, microphone and said, "Yeah, you get you got a problem there, Chris Jericho, because you're wrong. We're not outnumbered." Uh, I managed to call in some favor favors, and I'd like you to mention the new member of the elite. And then it panned up, and on the other side of the arena, standing up at the top, uh, light hit him, and there was uh, broken Matt Hardy in full gear, uh, standing there doing the delete sign. Uh, interesting. Instead of a white stripe in his hair, he now had a red stripe in his hair. So, uh, kind of neat there. And that's kind of how it went off the, the air with Matt Hardy going, delete, delete, delete. Uh, so, to be perfectly honest, I think this was an excellent, excellent episode. Um, I'm not going to give it perfect marks because it wasn't perfect. And it would have definitely been better with um, some, some crowd in the arena. Right, I'm not gonna deny that, but they they did a phenomenal job of making the best of a bad situation and giving us two hours of um, entertainment and escapism uh, from the worries that a lot of us have uh, in life. Um, I don't know where you're listening to us from. Um, I'm coming to you from Omaha, Nebraska. Um, which is pretty much dead center of the United States, and also the center of almost all of the cases of corona in Nebraska. There, I, I think at last count I saw was 23 cases, and 20 of them are all in the area of Omaha that I actually live. So having an entertainment uh, to sit back during this times of stress and worry and be able to just sit and watch... Uh, two hours of wrestling of just absolutely crazy stuff happening in the rings and escape it for a while was definitely worth it there. Um, all told, I think I am going to give it, I think I'm going to give it eight citations out of 10. Um, I think if there had been people in the arena, this easily could have been a nine and a half or, or even maybe a 10 star, 10 citation uh, episode all in all. But Despite doing the best that they could with an empty arena, um, it just it just couldn't quite be perfect. So, um, but yeah, eight citations out of ten uh, for this, I think, is a great start to our review series, and um, really was an excellent, excellent episode. If you haven't had a chance to watch it as of yet, I highly recommend you do watch it. Um, but on that note, I would like to remind everyone that Raw and Order is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. So um, if you like the content that we put out and want some more excellent content, you can head to tatnusco.com, uh, click the uh, page for the network, and you can see all the other podcasts in the Tatnus Co. Network um, and, and give them all a listen. Um, if you're an AEW fan, which chances are, if you're listening to this, you are, check out In the Dice Box Slam. It is a D&D adventure that features none other than AEW's women's champion, Nyla Rose, in it. So, um, but yeah, I think, I think an excellent episode of AEW Dynamite, and I'm excited to go into next week, and hopefully... Uh, they'll be able to continue to put on excellent shows, even if they can't have anyone in the audience. Um, 
I am hoping that this uh, whole corona thing uh, will get contained fast and we can get back to business as usual. Um, but on that note, um, just make sure to like, share, and subscribe to this video. I hope you enjoyed the AEW Snap Judgments review uh, for this week. And um, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. And we will see you uh, soon with the NXT review. Um, but thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.